Somebody, though, who doesn't have to wait for the night games and the West Coast games to go off and have to stay up till 1 o'clock now to figure out whether or not his bet hit. Uh, because he's already 4 for 4 tonight. He already has bets that have cashed. He is Mr. Perfect. He is the TKO of the MLB NBA slate of any picks that you need. He TKOs the board every single night. It is my guy, Tim O'Keefe. Follow him at TKO underscore picks. Uh, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Can I call you Timmy? Is Timmy a a right thing? Should we call you Timmy? John, I'm going to let it go. You know, we're we're in the happy mode, like you just said. (laughs) Okay, so so just know on on any other night, probably don't do that. You know we'll, we'll save it for the perfect nights. The perfect nights, you can drop a Timmy and we're cool. And besides that, we'll stick with TKO or Tim, whatever you want. S- sounds good. That, s- that sounds really good. Because Timmy Turner might have ruined that name. Because every time somebody says Timmy, I think Timmy Turner. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, he, he, look, he's got the bigger name than me. So I, yeah. I'm Timmy, Timmy Turner is uh, absolutely hey, one. He's just an average kid, man. He can't he can't do things like you. Uh, you're you're no ordinary man. Uh, you went four for four tonight. And joining me on the Dr. Glatt Recurry here, like Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor, visit drglatt.com. It is Tim O'Keefe. Um, yeah, what what did you have tonight? Because obviously whatever you had in really worked because you went four for four. Pretty good night. Congrats. Yeah, thank you, John. So, hey, great night. Like you said, one of my picks, ML, the only MLB pick I had in the Friday four was that Philly's over, which I know you were on, too. So we both got that big hit there. Uh, and then originally I was actually going to have another baseball pick, too, which is the Blue Jays, but that obviously that game got postponed. So we, we cut it down to Friday four. We then had three NBA plays, went with the under in Pistons Thunder, which sweating it out, it was 216 when I put it out there, finished at 214, but a win's a win. Ooh, just all Win's good. a win. Yes, it is. Wins away. And then also still sweating it out a little bit. I took the Nets minus 12. They won by 15. So even better. Um, and then looking at it, and then the Raptors, I had the right. I honestly, they were up by like 15 with like a minute to go. I even stopped looking at it. So if there's a disaster on my phone right now, then I'm going to be upset. Looking now, all right, they won by 11. So that was final. They were minus three against the Magic. All was well. And yet, John, it was, uh, it was a great night. It was. You had a very good night. Uh, how. How have you been doing? We talked a little bit during the break about NBA. Have you been able to, or how have you been able to maybe find some edges? Uh, it's been really tough. Not just NBA, but NHL too, because it's it's a late season for both of those, and late season means you're probably going to get some wacky results. But how have you been able to find some edges that's helping you? Obviously, you did well tonight, but and helping you cash in the NBA because I know you even said you're probably doing better in NBA right now than Major League Baseball, even though you're in the green with baseball. Uh, you're doing better in, in the NBA. Correct. Yeah, John. So for me, I, I'm big into the numbers. Like I'm going to try to find those data analytics trends that we can try to use this. So the fact that NBA for me specifically, I know NHL is as well. I'm not, I'm not as well versed in NHL. I'll be honest. So I don't want to claim that I, but NBA, we have a lot of the season done and you're right. We're towards the end, but that means we have a lot of data on how these teams behave. Most of these teams have already faced off at least once, if not twice. And then we also just know that they, we can see how they've been doing over the last 10, 20 games. And then we know how certain teams also perform when certain players aren't on the court, which isn't a luxury that you have early in the season for a lot of these teams. For example, the night when I saw that the uh, ugliest game in a long time, potentially on the board with that Thunder Pistons, and everyone was just out there, like out of the game. Like the Pistons were resting people. The Thunder have injury problems and are just resting with people like Al Horford for the rest of the season. And you look at the rest of their lineups, and there's just not a lot of scoring to be had. Like, no one on the hoop. Obviously, like I said, they came close to the number, 214 when it was a 216. 
But I use stuff like that to try to find, uh, like, I went with that under, and I use trends like that. And it's been beneficial in the NBA recently. Yeah, that's good, because I haven't been able to find anything beneficial in the NBA or college basketball. Anything basketball, for some reason, just kicked my butt this season. Uh, so I'm glad that, A, I have something else to bet on, and B, college basketball is over, so I don't waste any more money on that, uh, which is very, very good. Uh, but the Major League Baseball season has started, and uh, you know what have you been trying to do early on to find some bets? Um, is there any any specific numbers you're looking at? You know, I, I think the Phillies tonight, and the Phillies are a good example of this. You know, it, it wasn't any concrete evidence that the the Phillies are going to score over four and a half runs. It was more of a gut feeling. Now, of course, we get the home road splits, and we know they're better hitting at home. And we know Carlos Martinez is a bad pitcher, but still. For most betters, that's not enough to go on to say over on the team total. But, you know, we, we understand a flow of the season, how Major League Baseball works, and the Phillies going over the team total just seemed to be one of those scenarios. Uh, and even though early in the season, we knew, okay, it was probably flow of the season. This is maybe going to be a time for the Phillies to end up scoring some runs. Uh, so what have you been looking at early on this season uh, to kind of help you find the edge in the baseball season? Yeah, John, so it's really like – Early on, like we don't know how some of these lineups are going to perform with when there's teams that have newer players in there. I like looking toward like the established lineups that didn't have a lot of change, just like the Dodgers. Like there's not a lot of turnover there. The Braves, we know what they are and stuff like that. But teams that are, have a lot of new pieces, I'll be honest, it's tougher for me to make plays on them early in the year. And that's like what I just mentioned. I like more data in the NBA like we have right now. It's a little bit tougher with baseball early on. That obviously doesn't mean I'm not going to play baseball. I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. I'm going to have some money on it. And then you're going to have some gut feels. Obviously, I think I, probably most of you out there have heard the trend early on where dogs have been paying off early in the season here in MLB, where it was yesterday, so the stat is now a day old, but it was underdogs and favorites were literally 500 against each other, and you're getting a <laughs> lot more payoff on those underdogs. Yeah. So, you could, so I was, I've been trying to ride that trend some. And really, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at pitching matches and seeing how guys performed last year. I'm looking at how pitchers, if they're somewhat veteran pitchers, I have a few years of data on them, how they've performed early in the season over their last couple of years. And I'm trying to use data like that. That's Those are the trends that I'm trying to find. But again, for me personally, I'm going to love it when we get a little more deeper into the season, and that's when we can find more specific trends for betting baseball. Again, we're about to talk a lot of baseball. I'm going to keep betting baseball, but I'm just telling you that's when – I get excited right. when I get like, yeah. my data sheet all filled up. Like that's the stuff that like just makes my heart like my heart pump up and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. When when the data's in and we basically know, you know, what, what things are looking like and who's for real, who's not. Um but yeah, I, I think as we go out through throughout the season we we have to figure that out and that's going to be a process. Uh so you just mentioned the the underdogs though. And uh is it when you first look at a Major League Baseball slate, as we're about to do, so I think this is going to be really cool to go through the process of it with you of looking at a slate, all right, what do we look at, you know, matchups, you know, what, what do we find? Uh, but do you immediately, because I do this, I immediately try and look for any even money or plus money I can make in Major League Baseball. Because as you just said, if you're going underdogs, you are, you are in the green more than if you were on favorites, even though, again, because it's 500, but you're getting a lot more return. I feel like Major League Baseball is, is especially the one one sport you need to find that plus money somewhere because it is out there to be made. Uh, and John, I completely agree. And I'm going to say what you said and just kind of reverse it a little bit. 
Baseball is the one sport where I feel so uncomfortable betting on favorites because yeah. anything can happen. Anything minus like, 140 or minus 150 or more, I'm like, no, just keep it away from me. I don't like it. I, I, I completely agree. It's like I just don't have like, – the season's so long. And sure, look, you could have studs on the mound like over the past years, like the Scherzers, the DeGroms, the, the Kershaws. And I remember – and now this is just like, look, personal betting experience story. Like, this is now back probably two years. I think it was 2019, maybe 2018. And I went through this stretch where I was betting on Max Scherzer, which is obviously usually a good thing, but they were big favorites against the Marlins. And I swear, over a probably two-month stretch, Scherzer must have matched up with the Marlins three or four times, and I kept betting them because I'm like, <laughs> first time, first time it was just like, all right, Scherzer against the Marlins is going to hit. And obviously you're going to know where this is going to go. It doesn't hit. I'm like, okay, next time, Scherzer against the Marlins. I, I think he went like 0-3 against the Marlins in a two-month stretch. It was <sighs> killing and it just kind of taught me a lesson. Like, you know what? Baseball is really the sport. Anything can happen on every given night. And I know it's every sport that can happen, but I think it's the most of baseball. And I just don't want to look at those big favorites. Like, I, look, will I ever, am I going to say I'm never going to bet someone that big? If I, really think it's, if I see something that jumps out, maybe. I'm, I'm never going to put a hard, fast rule. But, yeah, I, I'm going to really triple check before I feel comfortable laying money on anyone minus 150 or more. Yeah, I would Yeah, I would have to think very, very hard about it, and uh, it's why I usually don't. I see what, – what's the cutoff for you? I think at about – once I get the minus 140, that's when I start to get the, okay, maybe not. Yeah, so then that cutoff for me is – it's probably – it depends on the night. It's probably really 160, 170, if I'm being honest. Like the, the 150 is I'll occasionally bet. And maybe then, I'll, like, the where I'll also find value is if I really do like a favorite, then I'm going to be willing to put it on the, the run line. And then if it's a minus 150 money okay, line. Okay, yeah, run line, yeah. With the run line minus one and a half, now I'm back to probably plus money, if not just under even. Um, so that's where, if you really love a favorite, that's where you can potentially find the value. Now, but when when do you pull the trigger on the run lines? Because I, I know I, I do occasionally, like the Dodgers, you almost have to at some points. Um, so when do you, like, when, when is it, okay, this is a run line kind of game. I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger on that. Sure. So it's really just a, you have to fall in love with a matchup. And usually for me, that means it's a pitcher. And usually this is later in the season for me. It's a pitcher that has had a lot of success against a certain lineup. So I'll, I'll make it up. Um, uh, and again, this is fake stats where I was talking hypotheticals. <laughs> Nola is great against the Marlins. I'm just making that up. And I know this and the Marlins pitcher maybe earlier this season didn't have success against the Phillies. And I kind of have a dual, dual trends here. I'm like, the Phillies are big enough favorites. They might be like a minus 180 or 200 at home in that scenario. And you know what? There I'm like, let's, let's lay the one and a half. There's the majority of baseball games aren't decided by one run. There's plenty of them, but not the majority. So that's when I can find myself putting it on those run lines and getting back that even money. Cause I'm never. I'm gonna feel sick to my stomach if I lay minus 200 with a baseball team because it, we it. know the ball. The ball can bounce in many different directions, and that can that's just gonna hurt you if that goes wrong. I don't even like creating money line parlays of like big favorites like that. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Doesn't. Yeah. It just never works for me. All right, we're talking with Tim O'Keefe. You can follow him at TKO underscore picks. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at tomorrow's Major League Baseball slate. There are games on tonight, but. Honestly, if you haven't bet them yet, you probably aren't going to find too many scenarios uh, to bet them. So, of course, the first game uh, I want to look at immediately is just the Phillies. Matt Moore against Kwayung Hyun Kim, which, by the way, that guy's good. I think he's making his first start this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I think he might yep. be. Yeah, he's making his first start of the season. That dude's good. Um, 
should the Phillies be worried about that a little bit? Or because first start and the Phillies are at home, you know they shouldn't. But let me look at the line real quick. Uh, the Cardinals are actually a minus 112 favorite against the Phillies. And the Phillies are at home. Actually, you know, if you put it in that context, Phillies kind of seem like a, a slight underdog, but a pretty decent underdog play here. So, uh, John, I apologize. My 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 bud just cut out for a second. You repeat something? Uh, I, I think the Phillies, they're minus 104, so they're a slight dog. So I, even with Matt Moore on the mound and uh, Kwayung Hyun Kim, uh, he is very good Cardinals pitcher. It's still, you know, Phillies at home, is that a little bit of value for the Phillies at home that we can take? John, I'll be honest. Like, I know we spoke about it before the season, and one of my big concerns for the Phillies was Matt Moore Oh yeah, uh, yeah. as a starter. I, you're not going to find me personally until he proves out that he can pitch betting on Matt Moore. That's, that's just an awesome thing. Like, Obviously, like I'm the, the, we pay attention more to our hometown teams. I'm, I, I mean, I, lo- I love the national board. I, I'm Phillies first, and I'm looking at that. I do not trust this guy. I know he had a great year in Japan last year. Great uh, and good for him. I'm not like, I'm sure he's a fine guy. I'm not actually like rooting against him. I'm rooting for him. I want to be wrong here. I'm not buying in on anything for Matt Moore personally. That's me. I'm, I'm not going to bet you on the shouldn't. other side. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't bet on the other side. That's my rule. I'm not going to bet against my team, but I'm also not going to just throw. I don't want to say throw money away because I hope they win. But I am not betting on Matt Moore, so yeah, I I'm not touching it personally. Yeah, it kind of seems unappealing because you know Matt Moore's on the mound, but I would love to bet on Kim in this matchup. But the Phillies are at home, which we know they're better at home. But also, this is yeah. his debut, so I, I it's still a mixed bag. I don't know what I'm going to get day one and how long he's going to be in the starting, uh, you know, starting in this game either. So. It just becomes to a point where I, I don't know if I want to bet it. Uh, Rays taking on the Yankees. And I'm highlighting this matchup, Tim, because uh, Tyler Glass now is taking on Jordan Montgomery. First of all, I think is this a game or a pitcher that no matter what, we're just going to take the strikeout prop over. Now, strikeout props aren't on yet. Uh, but the Rays minus 121 favorite. This one's in New York. I know the Rays have the lead right now. They're probably going to end up winning. I last saw they were winning 8 nothing. Um you know, with with a Tyler Glass now start, it's probably more of a first five for me. Uh, but how would you approach this one? Yeah, so Glass now is a guy that is the the stud. I've liked betting on Glass now over the last couple of years. He has a lot of arm talent. Jordan Montgomery on the other side, like you just mentioned, he I, he's he's okay. I'm not going to say I, I he's can he's he has some talent, but it's not hasn't really fully come together for him yet, in my opinion. Obviously, like you just said, the Rays are beating up on the Yankees right now. And coming into the season, the Rays were not getting a lot of respect because we saw their total number believe, down under 90 when this was the team that won the AL last year. They were representing. I know they lost some big names like Snell and other pieces that left. I, I'm going to want to see that line come out, and I, am, I think I'm going to be ready to bet on the Rays here because if I got glass now, I feel pretty good. And if they're, if they're near even money, I'm ready to go with glass now in the race. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Minus 121 is uh, good enough of a number for me to back Tyler Glass now. Uh, and <laughs> let's do this because I see two very uh, interesting and former Phillies pitchers on the slate, and we're going to go back-to-back with it. First, Red Sox, White Sox. Nick Pavetta taking on Dylan Cease. Nick Pavetta's actually been decent. 2-0, 3.27 ERA. The White Sox 9-4 this season. Obviously very good. This one's in Boston. Uh, the White Sox, I know against left-handed pitchers, I love to take them. And let me check the line here if this is out, actually. Uh, but Dylan Cease is on the mound for 
Boston, or for the White Sox, excuse me, it looks like, and I don't see a line for this one yet. Uh, but whatever this might be, I imagine the Red Sox might be a slight favorite. Uh, where would you go there? I think I might actually be willing to, if the line's not high enough, bet on Pavetta, knowing that I really don't like Dylan C's. So, and it's a good one. It's a good question because obviously Pavetta has been, like you said, he's not looking so bad. It's not. We have to like <laughs> kind of eliminate that Philly bias because obviously it was super frustrating here. But I don't want to just let that carry over and let me let me blindly bet against it. That being said, Dylan sees to me, I think he is a guy that's going to eventually put it together. You're right, he hasn't done it yet. I also though think when I look at these overall teams, the Red Sox are one of those teams that have had a lot of success early on as underdogs. They were five and zero, excuse me, coming into yesterday. Um, and when I was talking with Sean, and they're one of the teams that they've been doing well as underdogs. But now that the record's nine and four, they're starting to creep up, and they're no longer the dogs. The White Sox, on the other hand, obviously a team with a lot of hefty expectations. I'm, I think I'm leaning towards the White Sox here because that lineup, I think they're due to bust out. I think the Red Sox have been playing a little over than what their lineup's actually really capable of. Obviously, they do have some strong hitters. They got Xander Bogarts, who's been hitting very well. Uh, no home runs yet, to my knowledge, for that last I checked, but he has a very high average. J.D. Martinez, absolutely killing it. So they got some hitters there, but I think a couple other players are playing a bit out of their league. I'm a, I think I'm going to ride the White Sox, and they're due to bounce back, get back to 500 here. All right, so uh, we're we're probably on different ends there now. Of course, things could change tomorrow when we do look at this. Yep. But uh, I I think there's one game here, and we're talking with Tim O'Keefe uh, at TKO underscore picks. You can follow him on Twitter. He's joining me on the Doctor Glavery Gurry hairline. Uh, so the Tigers are taking on the Athletics tomorrow. Okay, Tim, you follow me here. Uh, Tigers, yep. Athletics. Tigers are an underdog plus one twenty five. The pitching matchup: Casey Mize on the mound for Detroit. Which he's pretty good, right? So even underdog, Casey Mize on the mound, young, talented pitcher. Okay, looking good. So who do the Athletics have on the mound? Uh, it is Cole Irvin, Tim. It's Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin's pitching and starting for the Athletics. Cole Irvin's 0-2 with an ERA over 7. And you can get the Detroit Tigers at plus money with their young stud pitcher on the mound. What is there any reason for me not to take Detroit on the money line? No, John, this is just a case of the, the lines makers, I think, are just betting on the overall teams more than the pitching matchup. Obviously, Casey Mize, former number one overall pick, has amazing control coming out of the minors. He has struggled with it a little bit this season. Obviously, his ERA is right now .82, so he hasn't struggled that much. But he has four walks and 11 innings pitched. That's more than what he was supposed to coming in. So I think he's only going to go up from here. And, yes, I'm to scroll through the list, and I'm looking through it. And I hear you say in Detroit, Oakland, and I'm like, there's something with this. What is it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Again, I've said this before. Cole Irvin, I'm sure, is a nice person. I don't want to come up, but I am betting against Cole Irvin pretty much every time he's on the mound. Uh, There's a stat I saw, and, again, he's still relatively young in his career. I think he's only pitched in about 21, 22 games. I think it's 21 now, if I remember correctly. And I think he's in games where he's pitched. So this doesn't mean he got the decision. But his team, and most of these were the Phillies, are 5-16 and 16 oh. when he pitches in a game. Oh. <laughs> Man. Uh, so well, he's 0-2 this season, so it's not like it's changed with the athletics. Let's just say that. Oh, exactly. And look, you're telling me I'm getting plus money with that guy on the mound? Yes, all day. Sign me up. I know Detroit has a lot of flaws. They're not a good baseball team. But they got the better pitcher in this matchup. Oakland... I have questions about Oakland this season, honestly. The way they started, I know they have bounced back a little bit and they've gotten hot again. 
I, I'm a little nervous at the athletics when I think them long-term. I think that division's more going to come down to the Astros and Angels. I think the A's are going to fade a little bit. Their pitching doesn't seem as strong to me as it once was. And their lineup is, it seems streaky early in the season. I'm making a lot of expectations off of the first 10 games or so. But I, I'm not. I'm questioning Oakland longer term. Give me Detroit all day tomorrow with this. I 100% agree on this matchup. So I know we were talking, I think it was either before or... Uh before the segment or after and during it, that uh, you had the Blue Jays and Royals game. Now, obviously, got postponed, so it's a doubleheader in Game 2 of the probable starters. Steven Motz, uh, who was supposed to pitch today, and Irvin Santana. Does whatever play you had intact still fall in play here, uh, even though this is a doubleheader and going to be a game, uh, a seven-inning game? Yeah, John, so it does. Because I look at it and... One, the original matchup, it was going to be, I believe, um, Stephen Matz versus Mike Miner, and that's who I was playing. So it was a closer to even money when I was getting the Blue Jays there. Uh, I don't see a line on this one yet on my screen. Apologies if you just said it, but I think now it'll probably be Blue Jays as a somewhat heavier favorite with, this made me feel very old, by the way, with 38-year-old Irvin Santana on the mound for Kansas City. He's making his little, he's making a comeback. And okay, good for him. Made it back to the majors. I'm not expecting too much out of Irvin. The Blue Jays lineup. I know they're only six and seven right now, but the lineup. Those some of those young pieces are really coming through. Bo Bichette having a great start. Already four home runs this season and hitting well. Vlad Guerrero's average was up, I believe, over 350 last I looked, and he's starting off hot. That Blue Jays lineup is really heavy, strong. The Royals off to a good start, seven and four. And I think this is like early in the season. Like we have said, there's a bunch of underdogs that have had success. But now the books almost start overcorrecting, like, okay, we've been giving away value on teams like the Red Sox, like the Royals. And now the odds are kind of shifting where they're giving those teams potentially too much respect, in my opinion. And I'm going to go back. I like the Blue Jays. That was my play. I'm sticking with it. I think Steven Matz does well with that tomorrow. Um, and that, that's my play. I'm going. I'm sticking with the Blue Jays. So last game I want to go over uh, with you, the Braves and the Cubs. Braves are minus 125, and Wasker Noah's on the mound. He actually pitched pretty well in his last game. Last season, uh, for most Braves pitcher, was a disaster. But a lot of young arms, young, talented arms that were kind of thrown at situations that I don't think they were ready for. But Wasker Noah pitched pretty well in his first start. Now he's taking on a Cubs lineup that stinks. I, I like the price going into this game tonight, uh, or it was earlier today, and the Braves were only minus 110 on the money line. And even though it was Kyle Wright... I thought that was easy. Uh, is it again? Are we just betting this game and betting the Braves minus one one twenty five? Because no matter what, we just think the Braves lineup is going to out hit the Cubs every single time. Yeah, John. So you're right. I look at it. Lineups. Look at look at each lineup. Braves check. The Braves. If the pitching matchup was like close, let's say they were. I consider them even pitchers. Then I'd probably say, all right. Then then maybe that should just be maybe the Braves minus one thirty, one forty. Even on the road, it is just that much of a better lineup. And when I look at it, like you said, Oscar Enoa, he, he had a bet, he had a good first start. ERA again, only after one start, point seven five, but that's a great start. Trevor Williams for the Cubs, one one with a six seven five so far this year. So the pitching matchup, I right now I'm giving that also to Atlanta. I get that they're on the road, but at a minus one twenty five, I'm seeing value there. I'm with you. I'm buying on the Braves, and it is just that lineup is so good, so strong, and I it's going to be a down year in Chicago for me, in my opinion. I yes, think I, I agree. Me, uh, I, I believe it's the South, the Cubs South side. I believe they're the South side. Um, and if, if there's any Chicago fans out there and I got that wrong, please feel free to yell at me. <laughs> um, but I yeah, the Cubs, their win total coming into the year was 78, and that's a low number for the Cubs. Like usually, like I think we all know, certain teams like Vegas's job is to get even money on both sides of a number. 
So while in a lot of cases that means they're going to try to get the number perfect, some of the more popular teams, we know those numbers inflate. That's not just in baseball. That's in football, too. For example, the Dallas Cowboys, I think every year that number is inflated by one, maybe even one, like one and a half, because we know there's going to be people that bet on the Cowboys blindly. The Cubs are another – like they're a popular team. They're more popular than the Braves. And to have the Cubs at an under 500 projection means that I think the Cubs are going to be pretty bad. Now, granted, they're, I think they're going to trade at the trade deadline some, and that's factored in. But, yeah, I'm back in the Braves. Either. That was a long-winded way of saying Braves lineup I expect to dominate tomorrow. Trust his betting advice. Do not trust his geography, uh, the White Sox yeah. of the South Side. Uh, also last one before I let you go is Ronald Acuna Jr. human he's so I have like my question is who and I'm gonna ask you this one who is the best player after Mike Trout in baseball and the best young player in baseball I'm torn it's for me it's between Acuna and Soto I think I lean Soto, and I know Acuna is incredible. They're both, the answer is no, neither of them are human. They're both incredible. Oh, they're both insane. And they just happen to play in the NL East, thankfully. That's yeah, so great well, for the Phillies. And neither one on the Phillies. <laughs> that just seems like the way these things go. Uh, I'd probably go Ronald Acuna Jr. I feel like he offers a little bit more in the field, a little bit more speed. Now, of course, what Soto makes up for that is probably power, but I do like Ronald Acuna Jr.'s power. Uh, he is he is somewhat of a home runner. He had a already a season in his career. He had over forty home runs, uh, oh, yeah. so he has pop too. Uh, it's it's those are. I mean, if you're asking who are the probably two best players behind Trout, uh, probably those two. I would I would say they would be up there. Uh, you would also be up there if if it came to sports betting. Uh, you would be up there as one of the young up and coming. Uh, you're probably top two, top three sports betters that I trust and like the most. Uh, Tim O'Keefe, you crush it again. You always crush it here on the Gambler, whether it's the daily ticket or the line change. Right now, uh, you crushed it. That's why we call you TKO. Good job tonight, and I can't wait to do this. Hopefully, we can do it every Friday because breaking down, you know, a weekend slate of baseball games sounds fun. John, I love that idea. I've had a great time, and I'm looking forward to the next time we get to chat, sir. Excited. Love it. That is Tim O'Keefe at TKO underscore picks.